With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening. Good evening, broadcaster. Good evening, Jamie Lee. Don't I get um, the, anywho, good evening to the people on the YouTube and good evening to the people on the Twitch, I believe it is tonight. This, of course, is the forum. I am your host, Phil Casey. And below me is, of course, Stephen Daly. And to this side of me is Andy Young. And down this way Four of course, is Ray Dicko Dickinson, right? It's great to have the lads along tonight. This is obviously a non season based show and um, we have four topics of your four things that we thought about during the week and also i just want to celebrate tonight because tonight's the first night that ireland's had its pubs open and its restaurants open so <laughs> you may notice that a few of us have had uh been out and celebrating that the few the pubs and the restaurants are open so <laughs> that's the most important thing it's great to see us all in it's, uh, it's good to see Stephen Dunn is in the house, Stephen O'Connor's in the house, Veranda Cheese is in the house, uh, Kling Film and uh, the, and and all the good things. And the that other goes stuff there. that goes with it. And the other stuff that goes with it, indeed. Uh, right. So tonight, look, we're 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 talking about four of uh, the most important topics that are out there, and I think we've done a good job in putting it all together. Um, and we'll try not to be too controversial when it comes to these uh, debates. But I'm very interested to see how we start off this because the, what we're going to start with tonight is, of course, the taking of the knee. And Andy, this is your topic, right? And I don't know which way you want to go with this. So I want to know what way you want to go with this. Um, so if you want to go there, tell us what, what it is. The taking of the knee, because it is relevant. We've seen a lot in the newspaper, particularly around the English squad, particularly around Henderson's views and it, particularly around Southgate's. Um, so what what is it that you want to talk about with regards to this? Yeah, uh, I mean, the reason we're talking about it is because I'm surprised it's a topic of conversation at this stage. Um, like up to the week ago, I'd say I was wondering, was, was uh, taken to the knee before each game necessary? And look, not that it bothers me, uh, but because, uh, you know, I see some players like Zaha not doing it because he doesn't feel it's enough. Um, and I kind of agree. I feel uh, sometimes there's a bit of a tokenism at this stage. And uh, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have thought that it was having much of an impact. That 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 would have been my feelings up to a week ago. Um, you'd, you'd hardly notice it. Like players go through their pre-match um, routines, like they might be, having a last stretch prayer, you know, quick prayer, few shouts, whatever you're having. Uh, but like they, they've just been taking the knee now for the last year or so and, and off they went. But this week has shown um, why it has to continue. 
and not only um that but Mars like I think uh Zaha's right um as a white male and look we're the same all of us here we don't get certain struggles uh we have to support family friends it's, who do. it's 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 a great choice of diversity and inclusion on here tonight looking at yeah. the yeah. Yeah. four privileged white yeah. males on here absolutely <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah but um look to be fair um we have to support our friends and families who experiences uh, experience different struggles for whatever reason and look Looking at the response to uh, fans being back in the ground and players taking the knee, if if you're if supporting your fellow people um, and witnessing an expression of support um, aggravates you to the point you find yourself in your forties making an audible booing sound in public, then I think you need to to take a very hard look at yourself. So that's that that's my topic of choice tonight. Um I think up to a week ago I would have been thinking the the taking to the knee had, had kind of lost a bit of meaning. It was just happening. I you know you'd barely notice it. But uh, the response from the England games especially is uh has been evidence that this thing needs to continue and we probably need to be doing more if this if if this thing isn't being supported as it, at this stage, what the fuck is going on? So I'll open that to the floor. Um, where would I go? Because Ray, it's it's your homeland, and I don't mean that in a bad way. But it's 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 I do, yeah, because I hate the Brits. Anyway, so I was like, so but like, all joking aside, like, okay, I, I, I won't give you my take, but. This is this will always be trusted out as the small minority of people that are driving this sort of madness that's going on. But like from your point of view, you you've been around Liverpool, you've been around the the, the people that were in Liverpool and you, the supporters of Liverpool. So how alien is it for you to see this type of behaviour carry on when it comes to the English national team, particularly when, around this topic? Yeah, I mean, I, I've always sort of struggled to kind of wrap my head around being English per se in some respects, because I think uh, people from Liverpool are, are a lot more kind of, you know, the, 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 the inclusion thing I think is something that Liverpool people, Liverpool people are a lot more welcoming, I would say than your, than your, than your average English British person would be, would be my view. And, and obviously we share a lot in common with Ireland. So living in Ireland for the last three and a bit years has opened, certainly opened my eyes even more so to the fact that I think, you know, the society that I live in now is a lot more uh, tolerant of people from different backgrounds. Um, but going back to the, the the whole kind of, you know, taking the knee, um, I think in some ways it, it, it's, 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 it's ran and ran and ran and ran, and it and it has sort of almost, as Andy was alluding to, there lost its kind of um, message. It's all it's all got a little bit wrapped up with different agendas and different people throwing the, the tuppence worth in. I actually think now it's got to a stage where it would probably be. I think you kind of do similar things in 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 American sports where you have a month or a particular week where. You, you you highlight a particular problem um, in, in either game or in society in general. And I think that I think I think I think you know the the the, the game could could learn a lot from how 
uh, America raises awareness of certain things that are wrong in, in society again. As far as I, I, I think you will always get a, a, a you know, when you say the there's it as a, as a minority, I it's definitely bigger than a, a minority, and I think it's also a part of um English British society that will probably never go away. Mm. You know, I think it's it's so deeply ingrained. Um and it's past, you know, generation generation and, and this is just a lack of education and awareness unfortunately that 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 persists and you're always going to get, you know, individuals like the one that we've seen on Twitter circulating, booing, you know, booing as the the knee is being taken with the TV behind him. Like that is probably one of the most idiotic things I have ever come across um on Twitter. It is. It really mm. is. It can't no not you can't you can't you can't say it any other way. What is Ray? You you're not on Twitter anymore, Steve, but it was a fella. Um <laughs> oh, just, this is sensational. Yeah, he, uh, he like I mean, if you were to describe the type of person that would do this, it is that person. It's uh this baldy, overweight, white male fucking he's the picture tattoo on his arm as well doesn't he yeah oh he does yeah, yeah. and <laughs> his wife divorced him the kids don't want to see him he's back in his ma's house and he's right. in front of the tv videoing himself booing uh as the the players start their game yeah, like right, it's it's right. embarrassing but look maybe no, not maybe. He's not a one-off. The, the fucking whole place was booing. Um, and he's at home booing in his uh, ma's house, you know, waiting till she passes away and then that's his house. Go <laughs> <laughs> on. As, 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 as an anti-social media, and I mean, I don't mean this as anti-social media. I'll, I'll a take non, that a non-social wrong. media, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I suppose I've, I have a few views on it. Um, yeah, when Ray was talking about England there, it is an imperialist colonial country, and that's going to take so many generations. It's, it's, it, in the history of the country, it's really not that long ago that they were still conquering people. They still have a dominion. They still have a commonwealth. There's still you know, a huge faction of the country that believe ultimately there's a superiority complex there. Um, and, and that's going to take time to dilute and it needs to be diluted. It can't be eradicated. It needs to be diluted, you know, generation by generation that will happen as there's more diversity, as younger kids come along and refuse to accept the right wing side of things. It'll only happen with a couple of things though, because socioeconomic issues create right wing policies and right-wing rhetoric um so there's that side of it you've got a prime minister who refuses to come out and condemn it it's the easiest thing in the world to do to just come out and condemn it there, there's no reason not to yet he doesn't do it um in terms of the taking the knee i think it's a very personal thing and you know if zaha doesn't want to do it or other players don't want to do it it's 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 completely up to them because they don't feel it's enough but i don't think there's I, I think that's, in a way, I think that's okay for a black person to do or a person of color to, to, to make that decision. I'm nearly, you know, it's an awkward one for, for the white footballers to not do that because immediately they're racist, regardless of whether they feel it. They may not feel the knee is enough and they feel that more needs to be done for it. But if they don't take the knee, they're going to be labeled as a racist. There's, there's that side to it as well. So, so they kind of just have to roll in behind what their teammates 
feel is is right. They're they're teammates who are people of color and minorities and stuff like that. Um, but I suppose yeah, it's it's an education thing, isn't it? It's it's it really is about education and inclusion. And you look at I'm going to pick somewhere like Burnley, you know, and and it's not a reflection on Burnley as as the only place because I don't know enough about it. But let's p- pick somewhere like Burnley. You even look at their football team. The diversity in their football team is completely lacking. You know what I mean? It's 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 what you would you know describe as as you know a typical eighties football team um, for the most part. And and maybe somebody will pick me out and say, oh, they've they've you know two black players or something like that. But I'm just using. There's pockets of this around Brexit showed that the Brexit debate and the Brexit uh, voting showed there's pockets of this. And and it comes, you know, it's very Trumpist as well. And I don't want to get too political on this, but you look at the, they, they've kind of figured out that the the white, what used to be middle class man, but he's now lower middle class man, is the most vulnerable or, or most threatened um, demographic in America because they're no longer the, the top of the food chain. And they feel very vulnerable. They feel attacked, and, and fear creates racism. What you know, racism is created by by lack of education and fear. If you think somebody else is coming in to take your job or steal your patch or you know get the upper hand on you, and you're not comfortable in yourself as a person, then it's impossible, I think, for you to be inclusive. I think in order to have to understand yourself and understand and be comfortable with yourself before you can be inclusive. And a lot of those people, those lads at those football games, you can we can all castigate them, but there's something going on with them that's making them do that. And I'm not yeah. excusing it for a moment, but there's hmm. no one's looking into why the racism is not being diluted enough and not so, being yeah. Phil, so, Phil, so before Steve, you have your can can I just before you you know have your bit to say, can I just address a couple of comments? So Free World says um when you're doing something uh, for just the sake of it, you lose the overall message and it's always difficult to mix politics with sport uh, because the opinions will vary across people. Okay, I kind of agree with the the first part of that statement that it, it had lost its message. Uh, but the second part about politics I don't agree with because I don't think equality is political. Um, at this stage, we we have all voted democratically in all uh, sorts of um, equality movements, you know, in Ireland and in England and Europe. So it's not political. Equality is not politics. At where, where we've reached a stage where it's not. And, and sorry, Phil, I know you're dying to jump in. No, I, I and, am. Uh, and I'll, t- I'll tell you why, because it actually addresses. No, but listen just, to me. Just for a second. Just for a second. Andy, just, Andy it, it addresses an awful lot of this, right? So the taking of the knee originally, I got annoyed about it because the taking of, an, of the knee was a specific response by Colin Kaepernick to how to protest against police brutality in America on, off the back of being respectful to how, uh, of doing something towards the national anthem and the flag, which wouldn't be disrespectful in, in, in a way or a means. So it meant that the, he could, before every game in, in, in the NFL, they played the national anthem. And he didn't want to turn his back and sit down or walk off the stadium, but he wanted to do something as a marker, protest, but also respect. And what he did was he engaged with the U.S. Marines to ask them what was the most respectful thing he could do as a marker prospect, uh, protest, which wouldn't actually be something that was disrespectful to the flag. So he took the, they told him to take the knee. Okay, so they said what you can do is you can still do it without standing up for the flag. You can still hold your chest and take the knee. If you look at Kuipernick, he's actually on his knee. Um, holding his, his heart in the same manner, but it was an act of protest while being respectful towards what was going on. My biggest problem with taking the knee was that when the initial impact was huge in that 
the players, when you saw people taking a knee around the world in every sport, it was like the black fist and the the black fist from the the seventies in terms of the Olympics and the sixties, when it was about the black protest in terms of, of of equality. Forget about just Black Lives Matter and stuff. This was about equality in terms of the, having the same rights to the people that they lived with. And I'm not talking about white people. I'm just talking about anyone that wasn't black, right? So that was huge, and that that vision. And that viewpoint that people still have, we still think of the the Olympics. I can't remember, and, and this is this is a shame on me, but I can't remember the Olympics where Jesse Owens is standing there with his, with with the with the the fist clenched and he's holding it aloft as a mark of protest. And that was brilliant. What happened? And while when I was there, going, it's time now for them to step up. And I don't mean black players. I'm talking about footballers. I'm talking about sports people in general. It's like the 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 Naomi Osaka thing to to make their voice felt and make their voice heard more than just taking a knee because. To allow racists to come back into this, to say that this they're doing this because it's not having an impact, is disgusting. Because they're trying to make a stand. They're trying to ensure that what's going on is held in the mind of people that are in front of them that's there. And it's, it's, it's something that's insane that you think that when people are trying to stand up for the right thing to happen in society, and it's gone beyond Black Lives Matter. This is about equality as a whole. And I'll take your point, Andy. This is about equality as a whole. This isn't about just black or white or yellow or green or red or orange or purple people. This is about equality as a whole. Footballers are trying to go beyond what their normal remit was, was which was to be stupid in front of a camera and to say what was going on. I accept Olivier's point in the comment that the knee thing seems to be something that's going on, right? But the racists and the white supremacists and the right-wingers that are going on at the moment, I take up the Trump argument around this. And it's what's happened with the Boone is that it's been disrespectful and it's not being heard. I'm sorry, but these people that are being impacted by this for generations have tried to speak out and tried to do the right things. And it's like what's happened with the, the with the with the Hillsborough thing during the week where they've done everything right. They've followed the rules. They've fought like fuck to get where they needed to be. And when they got there, the system let them down. Mm. So if the system doesn't doesn't if the system doesn't work for you anymore, you have to stop believing in the system. You have to do something more. And I want to see players do more. I actually don't want to see the name. And 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 that's not because I don't. I feel like I agree with you that it's if it's annoying the racists that much, keep doing it right. But I'd like to see them do a bit more. There was a, a mention by Muhammad Yogi in the comments a couple of seconds ago, and I'm I'm on board with this. I would love you want to see a proper protest. I I want to see the English English team turn their gear to an all black kit for the for the course of the Europeans. The Euros, right? Yeah. I, I think something big, something massive, particularly in a society that's as, a country that's as racist as the English. And I, and the va- there's a lot of English people I know that aren't racist, but you look at what's going on with Brexit, what's going on with, with this type of stuff, right? There's a huge amount and a percentage of the population that feel this way and feel so disenfranchised because they spend their time reading the Daily Mail and the Sun, right? That's what they, that's what they get their media and in. And Facebook. And Facebook. And, yeah. that's, and that's what they're listening to. And if that's if that's what your guidance point is, you're banjaxed. So it's time now mm-hmm. that not only do we take the knee, but do something incredibly out of the box. And I, I will say, I think Southgate's a terrible manager. But for what he came out and said with Jordan the week, and for what Jordan Henderson has come out and said with Jordan the week, I'm, I'm disgusted by Roy Keane's comments about, about Henderson not being a leader. The fact that those people stood up and have showed true leadership in terms of what goes on. Yeah. That's disgusting. Right? Yeah. Phil, Phil, we talk, we talk about leadership. Um, we talk about leadership a lot on, on this podcast because um, Klopp's leadership 
and Henderson's leadership on and off the pitch is phenomenal. Like we're witnessing um, uh, two two very unique characters uh, that will be recognised far beyond now uh, of how powerful their leadership is. Henderson is there at the forefront of everything for people, mm. for fans, for everything. And he doesn't just pick silly topics. Um, and Klopp is all about humans and the and the inclusion and sport. And this is all about us as fans. Look, uh, Brian uh, Murphy, I, I respect Brian's opinion. He's he's here most nights. He's on Twitter, always engaging with us. But he says um, everyone has the right to protest about whatever they want. People can take the knee. People can be against it. This demonization of people uh, for their opinions is ridiculous. But again, I'll get back to it. This isn't about an opinion, that right or wrong. This is about equality. There's no right or wrong. It's not political. It's equality. Um as long as people are oppressed in this day and age, you know, we, uh, we have to stand up for it. Yeah. And it's very easy for us to say they haven't experienced oppression, but we are, we're all uh, um, related to people that have experienced oppression or some sort of inequality, like women, like gays, like um, uh, foreign nationals, like um, people of different religions. We have to stand up for our people. We work with them. We're, we're friends with them. We're, um, and they're, they're a family. It's not political. Equality is not political. Stop calling it political. Political is when we haven't quite worked out what the right direction is with a policy or we haven't quite worked out um, what, what is right or wrong. Um, or when you're trying you know, to gain an advantage from an opinion. Yeah. You know, yeah. well, you're like, right, Andy. It is. It's, yeah. it's a, I was going to pick up on Brian's comment there, and I, I don't know him, and I know you guys are on a yeah. lot more than I am. But, yeah. but I don't think anybody gets to have the opinion of being racist, and and yeah. that's that's just the long and short of it. If it, you know, and, and that game was that game at home the other night um, for the England match. Was it? Was it? Was it? Yeah, it was in a Borough Stadium. Was it? it was up in the Riverside. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they would have had the details of every single person sitting at that, uh, you know, sitting in that ground. There wasn't a full stadium, and and they have cameras in every angle of a stadium now. They could have easily picked out who was doing what, and they have chosen not to because that is racist abuse. It is. <laughs> and, and, and the people who don't feel equality matters can often say, oh, it's gone mad, it's gone this, it's gone that. You've never been on the, you've never been on the, on the end of that. You've never stood there trying to do your job, which is playing football in this instance, and have um, uh, you know a feeling of having been undervalued and oppressed and and whatever else for for your entire life probably, and then have people boo your viewpoint, which is a perfectly rational and and should be just common sense viewpoint, which is equality for everyone. You know, mm. so so how they weren't able to do something about that or didn't have the appetite to do something about it is 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 a sign of why things won't change. Yeah, Red Steve says, "What did the Irish know about oppression?" And the the ironic comment there, like you know, and look, um, it's it's a very good example of how people have been <laughs> oppressed in recent history, and <laughs> this is mad. Now I would say um, Irish people abroad, especially in the UK, um, are experiencing way less oppression uh, than they did in the past. Like that, yeah. that, that, that thinking has definitely changed. 
Um, and or, or, or Kumar there says, "Have you guys ever been racially abused?" And like, I, I, I have, but, but I never took it as that because no, me it same was, here. Yeah, it, was same here. In, it was somebody in Liverpool at two o'clock <laughs> in the morning saying, "You plastic paddy, fuck off back on Ryanair." You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it meant mm. nothing. You know, it meant nothing to me because. I was fucking off back on Ryanair, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but in reality, it's it's just not the same. We're so far beyond, I think, we're so far beyond being racially. Yeah, I think we are. Yeah, I think we know, are. The, the, days of, the days of um, no worse, no dogs uh, is is long gone. Or, or, you know, Irish people are, uh, are ruling the world. <laughs> you know, there's Irish people in America uh, dominated cities in America. They built cities. Uh, they're, oh, Andy, they're in, uh, even when they were doing that, there was still a massive amount of oppression. Like only yeah. in the 50s and 60s in England were yeah. the Irish still being castigated, probably up to the 80s, realistically, you know. So, so I know what you're saying about us having having pr- proliferated the, the globe in terms of in terms of, uh, in, in terms of you know the impact we've had but but it's, it's not the same it's not the same you know yeah, yeah, we won't even go there. No, what what will be interesting will be what 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 is next in terms of you know the awareness campaign um will they stick will they stick to it um taking the knee at the start of next season and then if they do it's probably that they would stick with it for the rest of the season or will they uh come up with something a little bit you know bring it on in in terms of some other kind of um visual kind of awareness rather than taking the knee it's going to be interesting whether this is here forever or whether it whether it whether it disappears at the start of next mm-hmm. season look it's a there they are displays um of um support appreciate you know expression of support for people that we we are friends with we are you know there are are our families and it's time to start excluding people that aren't for equality in all walks of life that's and like people saying sport and politics like look even even if you did believe it's political which it's absolutely not equality is not political it's just where's phil gone um it's um it's absolutely not but sport is is too big of an opportunity has too big of a, a a platform for not to use it as a as a way <clears throat> to drive uh, what's right and what's wrong in the world you know where where it's 2021 and you've got people in their living rooms spewing you know who are 40 or 50 years of age yeah that uh people are only trying to show support for their fellow man and woman it's fucking ridiculous yeah and i i, I see a few i see a few comments coming up the side there and i'm sure dicko will agree with me you know scousers aren't you know, completely absolvable of this either. You know, it might be a more inclusive society in Liverpool than it is in other parts of England. But somebody said, we're Scousers, we see no colour. That's bollocks as well. There's plenty of racists in Liverpool. There's plenty of Liverpool. There's plenty of racists in Anfield. There's plenty of racists in Goodison. Let's not go absolving ourselves and pointing the finger to everybody else. Um, in the same way, there's plenty of racists in Dublin and in Ireland. And that's just the fact. There's no getting away from it. And and there'll even be just institutional racism that people don't even realise they're being racist. Yet they are, you know. Yeah, I mean, I give you, I give you an example. Uh, you know, um, I, I 
I was taught that I, this isn't anyone I know personally, but I was told of someone who, um, when John Barnes joined the club, he actually gave up his season ticket mm. because of that back yeah. at that time. Yeah. You know, and and you know that's that's a that's relatively recent history. Refused yeah. to go back after Liverpool signed John Barnes. So you know, you're right. It's it, 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 this this. I know I know we're what thirty odd years away from that, but you know, it's it's a pretty pretty horrific example when you think back to it. Yeah. Well, like, sorry, I, 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 Stephen Dawn makes a is a great yeah, comment. Uh, <clears throat> we're all racist, whether we like it or not. We just have to educate ourselves and try to become anti-racist. And look, that is probably the most. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's it's a it's a comment that we all have to just accept but, and face up to the reality of it. Um, do you remember John Barnes was on Big Brother? And he spoke out about how he yeah. was, um, he felt homophobic, and, and, he, he, did, and, he, and got he got slaughtered. Slated. He got slaughtered, but he, but he held his hands up, he hand up, right, and admitted to having these deep, ingrained thoughts. Mm. You know what I mean? How he felt um, against uh, homosexuality because he was brought up that way, and if you're brought up in a white society. You're gonna have um, these uh, preconceptions, and these thoughts have to be challenged. And it's all about education. There's loads and loads and loads of comments. I'm glad we such a good. Can just no, no. I just I just want to jump because this this is something that this is something. You've got no. This no, is, you're this just is, like you're just barking me down. All the comments, it's, it's, not, and I want to just say I'm it's not, a credit. Not, it's a credit to the fucking podcast. The comments. Are, I'm not barking you down. What I want what I want to say to you is because the the there's these words that get thrown out all the time is that people always use racist. And the, the problem for me is that it's not racist because racist is a label. And if, if you want to be truly tolerant and equal, you've got to understand. And, and I totally get people have different opinions. And as soon as you have a different opinion, it doesn't make you racist. As soon as somebody says that somebody is something, it's all of a sudden you're racist. No matter if it has nothing to do with race, people go to that war because they want to apply a label to what's going on. And even John Barnes has said this himself, is that it isn't necessarily racist behavior. It's not about being racist. It's about what you've grown up around. Like we've talked, and I talk with Pete off this, and Pete's a, a, a long, I grew up with Pete, and we talk about what was racist in the 80s compared to what was racist now. And if you think of what was racist in the 80s compared to what racist, what is racist now, they are so, 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 so far away from what that used to be, right? Because what what was acceptable then is nowhere near acceptable what's now, and, and that's and it's, it's it's moving the right way. There's not I'm not saying anything is wrong in terms of what's going on and what what's going on there, but racism as a shout needs to be almost classified as to what is what's xenophobic. People have forgotten the word xenophobic and xenophobia because that's about country and nationality and all that type of stuff it's not necessarily racism what is about skin what is about religion what is about ideas what is about thought everything has become such a simplistic label to throw racism on when we go there right yeah but, but the, English, the-, the English language just doesn't uh go beyond certain labels i mean like just because you're you, you know you've had a racist thought or you know you're 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 mm. your opinions need to be challenged it doesn't make you criminal but uh, but just uh, going back to Stephen's comment, we have to accept these things. 
Yeah. Like these are people, these are uh, these are things we need to own up to. And uh, going forward, we need to try and educate ourselves. And look, look, part, part what Rex my head about um like Twitter, or look, we're always on about it. it's not the real world, but but people use these divides as a as a way to shame others. You know what I mean? You're never going to solve equality problems by trying to shame others. Like the, you're not, there's no point in throwing stones at somebody just because they were wrong on a matter that's uh, racist or not. Like you can hold your hand up and say that you you were wrong. You know you were wrong about how um, yeah. you felt about a topic or, or another. But Phil, there's no point in split, splitting hairs. Like if, if you, it is racist. It is racist. You know, as much as anything. Go on. No, my point is, Andy. Yes, what's racist is racist. Okay, I've seen so many people shut down for saying the simplest of things that had nothing to do with race. I've seen so many times being put up there because but that's shame, and that's this, this bollocks shame and thing. But it's this, a, this is what yeah. I'm saying. And and, and what's can I, that? Can I, can I jump in there for a second? Yeah. Because I'm going to open a bit, a bit of a can of worms, probably on myself. We yeah. all know an incident that happened a few years ago with me specifically on Twitter, right? Oh, we do, we do. And and if we're if we look back on it now, at the time I was very very I was vehement around the fact that it wasn't racist, and mm-hmm. of course the intention wasn't racism. But I can quite easily see how the comments that I made at the time were picked up as racist by the person in question. Would I make those comments now, even if I was friendly with the person? No, I wouldn't. Did I at the time? Mm. Yes, I did. And we all backed me. And and, and everybody backed me because you knew, fundamentally, I wasn't racist. You weren't racist. And I was saying it in jest. But we didn't put ourselves in the position of that person receiving those comments on a public forum for a laugh. You know, and, and that's the reality of the situation now. So what I'm saying is I get the shaming element, but whenever we think of people going out to sh- it, what I don't like is when other people jump on the bandwagon to call you a racist, you know, or someone a racist, if it hasn't offended the actual person in question. But it, in, in the instance of me, it did offend the person in question. Mm-hmm. And I apologize immediately, you know, privately. Yeah. But that doesn't yeah. change me. It still understands why that person felt that comment was racist. And look, you know, I, I recall that, that incident very, very vividly. And um, she did kind of accept her apology, but it was the it was the um, hysteria that was built up around that and the yeah. amount of shame and that everybody went. The, people went to huge lengths to make you out to be a massive, massive racist. Now, cool. you fucking, you made a poxy comment, which at the time probably felt, felt funny, uh, and you probably thought that it might have been received better than it was, yeah. and it was a mistake, and everything was was a uh, was was fine between yourself and the other party. No, I don't think, but, they, I don't think they, it was, Andy. I don't think it, you know. I don't think it was fine between them. They didn't accept the apology, and and you know that that created tension right the way through. And I doubled down on it for a small period of time, where I was absolutely adamant that you know it wasn't racist. But looking hmm. back on it now, it was a comment that would quite easily be deemed as racist and yeah, and, yeah. and you know i've i've tried over the last couple of years especially to do a lot of work in terms of just understanding more and just you know mm. watching more things and trying to understand the viewpoint of people who are in this situation because i yeah. can't you can't put yourself in that situation because you haven't no. experienced it you haven't felt it you, until you actually educate yourself and I, I you know when i was making those comments uh, the last thing mm. i was doing was educating myself around what other people of color were feeling you know, yeah. now, 
now I genuinely do. I'm literally paused something that I'm watching on Netflix. Now it's a, it's a program around food, but it's based on the cultural roots of, of, of American food around black culture and it coming from Africa over and stuff like that. And, you know, you're watching stuff whereby, you know, Jefferson and fucking Washington had plantations of, of black people whilst being mm. seen as these founding fathers of America and they're celebrated every year, you know, and it's, mm. it's this juxtaposition throughout history whereby in the moment we feel we're not racist, but as we educate ourselves, or I'm not just you take racism out of it, whatever the issue might be. Yeah. The more we educate ourselves, the more we can go back and look at our own behavior because we can only control our own behavior. And the more we educate ourselves, the more we can go back and look at our behaviors and, and try and, learn from our own behaviors and what we've done in the past. I, I just think it's, we, uh, Andy, it goes back to a word you used earlier on. It's about equality. And equality is, is uh, the, the idea, the, the true idea of equality is about there is no race, there is no gender, there's no divisions based on what you see or what you are. It's You are based on who you are as a person. And it doesn't matter what you identify with, whether you think you're a helicopter, whether you think you're a man, woman, whatever you want to be. It, th- th- none of that matters, right? No matter what color you are, whatever. True equality doesn't see labels. And my biggest problem is the idea of, of labels because, and it's exactly what John Barron says, we are born into a world of labels. Every single thing we do is about labeling something. Even when we get down to football and a support and being a supporter, it's about labeling. Like think about the, the idea when we talk about top reds and we talk about bottom reds and we talk about this and we talk about that and this and they're all labels that we use to put people into a specific type of category. And I I I truly 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 believe that true equality just sees people for people and that's that to me is as always going to be what it is because when you see that but you cannot get there until you recognize everyone as being equal because no matter what you see people as they will see themselves as what they want to be and we have to respect that and let them feel that way right mm. and and that's that's where i sit with this this type of thing and the racism thing annoys me, but I really want, I would love, because if it's annoying those people who are booing these people mm. taking a knee, then annoy them more. Annoy them more and, and find something more to Well, I do, I do anything, everything possible to exclude people who are against equality out of football. They should, they have no place, they have no place in society, they have no place in football stadiums. Um, so do everything possible to exclude and people who are against equality. I don't know if that's the answer. And I know where you're coming from. I know it's coming from a place of goodness. But I don't know if exclusion of those people is the answer. Because all that will happen is you'll create these mini pockets of people who only all see the same way in a racist manner. And they will double down on that and double down on that. The only way, you know, you look at, you look at, I want. I don't listen. I know we spent a lot of time on this, and I don't want to go into mad stuff. But I, I was listening to this story about this this um, black guy on death row in the in the in the states, and he he did a couple of things that ended up getting them talking. Prisoners weren't allowed to talk to each other on death row, and he ended up talking to this guy beside him. And he only found out after it, literally four or five years, I think it was, of talking to the guy beside him, that your man was a head clansman, right? And mm. they become friends. They become really close friends. And as your man died, the clansman was 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 uh, you know sent to death a number of years later and he actually spoke about how the guy beside him had become his best friend and how he'd educated him so much in that time 
around the struggles that black people had had because he'd never had any black friends. He'd never had any interaction or, or, or you know, association with black people. All he had was the rhetoric he was, he was enveloped in. So if you exclude everybody and, and throw them to the wayside, you're not, mm. you're not solve the problem. You take them out of our, out of our view. We don't have to hear them booing at a game. Yeah, they, don't yeah. they don't go away and they don't change their rhetoric and they just breed more of the same in the next yeah yeah okay so uh, and i think i think you're right it kind of contradicts what i do believe and it's it's all about education uh, and not shame and yeah. if you exclude them you're kind of shaming them yeah well yeah realistically these people need to be sat down and uh, look i think over the next 10 or 20 years like we've made huge um uh leaps in all of this in the last kind of 10 15 years i think eventually people will look back and, and wonder those people in 2021 were really, really thick um, and why why they were still tolerating this sort of shit. But it's, it is about education. And look, um, for you know, I'm glad you're enjoying the chat there. Um, it does, uh, it does provoke discussion and that's what we're doing tonight. We're discussing it and we're hoping that, look, I'm looking at the comments that nobody's stood up and said that they're, the racist or anything like that, but if um, if these discussions do help educate people, then yeah, great, you know what I mean. But uh, what what it kind of inspired me to bring it up as my topic tonight was that the, the level of it wasn't just a minority; it was a very yeah. very audible, audible sound. Cool. It's a it's a it's a thirty forty percent of the ground. Yeah type of sound you know what i mean you'd be you know it's it's a it's it's actually sickening you know really is okay look and you know and i don't want to belittle uh, a conversation that that is a discussion that's well worth had um but i don't also want to spend the whole night doing just the one thing and i want to move on to football but i will say something to everyone that's listened there as well um and everyone that's putting in the comments, Pete will be on next week, and we'll probably <laughs> extend this conversation because it's it's worth it's worthwhile getting Pete's view on, on these type of things. Because I've been I've, Pete's been one of my longest and closest friends since I was four or five years of age, and I know what he's gone through. And I've said it earlier on; I've seen the difference in terms of the abuse that he's taken across the years. Um, and it's be worth getting somebody's view that isn't a white person, and, and, yeah. and I mean that yeah. in the nicest way possible. That isn't. Yeah. A, a, a 30 to 40 year old white male sitting on this because at yeah. least then we can give a different view in terms of what he believes is, is the right yeah. answer and what's the wrong yeah. answer and, and that's and, that's and a genuine you thing to, you also have to say it's the right or wrong answer in his opinion with his experience it's yeah. like saying John Barnes speaks for all black people and I saw somebody earlier on say that in the comments um, not everybody will see the comments I know we, we see them but but but, um, but but you know like that you know, people have his experience and bring his interpretation yeah. to the conversation. You know? Yeah. Like, look, Pete, if you speak to Pete and you say Grizz as well, if you listen to their experiences, yeah. it does give you an appreciation for stuff that you weren't aware of. Yeah. We, we grew up in a totally different environment. Um, and I grew up with Gareth Fennell there on the comments myself. Uh, he says he's not he's not racist. He hates everyone. And, and Gareth does hate everyone equally, believe me. He hates everyone and he hates everything. We, <laughs> we used to be going uh, playing bowling and he'd be like, skills, fuck skills. <laughs> I'm not going playing skills. <laughs> fuck off. So Fennell, in fairness, hates everyone, hates everything. And uh, I, I love him for it. 
I want to move it along, and we'll we'll get back to the we'll get back to the world of nonsense, which is football. And uh, Steve, I'm going to go to you for the next topic. Um, Take me away. I'm not I'm not going to ruin it for you because my voice. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I suppose yet again, without being on social media, I I miss all the hype. This that that's probably going on around who we should sign, what we need, how we were so far behind this season, and it's going to take. 500 million pounds to get us back to win the league next year you know um so in my opinion i think uh, tying down our top talent to longer term contracts is actually more important than uh signing other high quality players this summer i'm not saying we shouldn't make any signings but i'm saying if if we have a budget and it's a limited budget i would much rather see us tie five or six of the top players, your Van Dyke, your Allison, your Fabinho, your your Salah, your Mane, whatever it might be, down to, to long term contracts. Um, having seen Genie Wijnaldum walk away this summer, and that's a forty fifty million pound player if he's if he's got four years under his you know or three years left on a contract, he's gone for free. And I know we've benefited from it in the past, but I do not want to see us in a situation whereby we've got Salah or Mane with a year left. And Real picked them up for thirty million, and we have to go and try and replace someone like that with a hundred million pound player. Mm. Yeah, thoughts. Well, I drink my <clears throat> Yeah, couldn't agree with you more, Steve. Oh, um, we we slipped up with Emery Chan, uh, <clears throat> not on the level of Ginny Wijnaldum. I think yeah. Ginny Wijnaldum's a far more valuable uh, footballer on the world stage. He's he's being chased by Barcelona. PSG, yeah. he's the type of player that would have demanded massive money. Even at his age, there would have been people queuing up for to spend 30, 40 million on him. He's been an absolute, like, worldly of a servant for us. You know, he's played more minutes than probably anyone in his in his five, six years at the club. Uh, we, we have slipped up big time in not trying to sort something out agreeable. Um, it it's said that when Adam's story will be told, I don't know. I'm not privy to any private information, but I am interested to see what comes of that. Um, but the the club did slip up big time in uh, not not managing his contract properly, whether he should have been offered a bigger contract a few years back or or something uh, that was agreeable. He was still on can't. his original deal, wasn't he? He was still yeah. on the original deal that he signed from Newcastle. Yeah. And- you know, as he gets yeah. closer to his end date, of course he starts looking for bigger and bigger money because yeah. he knows it's important. You get, you see the the reverence in which Klopp holds him, um, yeah. and the entire squad. Yeah, absolutely. How, how we've allowed that to slip out? Yeah. Good. We'd have still picked up thirty million from next summer if we if we kept him. Yeah, look, I seen I seen a few wet wipes on Twitter um, mentioning the comparisons with Milner. Milner's on good money. Um and, and played less games and and Abby Keita is on um uh, <laughs> good money and played fuck all games and and as wet of a wipe they are they have made a good point there because when Aldum is like productivity was you know like the basics are you want your footballers that you're paying money to every week to play loads and loads of minutes and and he did achieve that so um. It's a it's a strange it's a strange one, it really is, and I and I and I 
I hope the club are looking at themselves. You know, I thought the Emery Chan situation would have made them look and, and wonder, you know, what what can we do to prevent this happening in the future? And look, they've hap- they've um they've allowed it to happen again. But look, I think when Alan was probably part of that next uh, transition phase from Klopp, you know, Mark One to Klopp part, Mark Two, where when Alan goes and um like Firmino goes and there's there's certain players that move out and they couldn't be seen to offer them contracts because the, the team does need to change. But uh, I think that was a bad show. I, I do think that was a bad show to how that was all handled. You know, one right. Alan's case. Right, yeah. on, on on the one Yaldon one. What where is your position on this? Because you you've obviously gone you've watched him play over the last four or five years that he's been with us. Um he's been an immense servant in terms of if you think about what he what's happened since he's come into the club and since he's gone out of the club, you know, the, there is two camps that we should have renewed him. And there's also it was the right time for him to go. So where do you sit and haven't watched him over those years? Uh, well, as, as well, I mean, if you think about it, you know, when he, he, you know, he's still on that deal when he comes in from Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't necessarily, you know, the kind of the the, the sort of the top tier player. He might not necessarily ever got to be the top tier player that would command such a wage, but. He obviously came in at a certain level in terms of his salary uh, on the scale. If you think about it, there's probably a little bit. There's probably a little bit of recency bias going on here in the fact that he's only really, I would sort of argue, become a real integral part and cog. Plus, you add on top the impact that he made in that Barcelona game and a number of other games where he scored important goals, but particularly. You know Barcelona, where where he sort of he was the catalyst of that comeback in some respects, um, and I think really they were probably caught in a position where when the negotiations were taking place, they probably thought that whatever it was was being talked about in terms from his agents and whatnot at that time. They were probably thinking he probably wasn't that as vital a person in the squad to to, to merit that kind of hike in, 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 in his salary at that time. So they probably just decided, okay, look, if, if, if this ends up being a situation where he walks, it's only going to, it's only going to be around the same level of impact as when Emre Chan walked out the door. It was annoying. It was more, probably more annoying from a value point of view when Emre Chan left because of his age and so on. But, but they probably looked at what his age would be when his contract come to an end probably made a calculated decision at that point. And it's only really in the last couple of years and now at the point where he's left, and as Andy said, all the minutes that he plays, his durability, being able to play when everyone else was falling like flies around him. You add all that together and, 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 it, and, it, and it turns out to be quite a bad look. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't lay into the club for getting to this point because... We've we've had amazing value out of that player over the the course of his contract. I, I think, and the fact that we've parted on you know good terms, we'll see what fallout there is from when he reveals his side of the story and what that actually looks like. But I I I I I don't think it's just one of those situations that happens in football, and I think both parties kind of shook hands and move and move on. I'd see, I, I start to take Steve-O's point on this 
and it's it's the bigger point. <laughs> if we have, there, Ray. I'm coming back to you. If 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 we have, but like if if we have to renew, <laughs> if, if, if we have to renew six players' contracts, right, and we have. X amount of millions to do this and also sign a couple of players across the course of this transfer window given that we also want to extend the Anfield Road end of the stadium and people forget this part as well that there's there's also plans to strategically change the, the, the stadium again then you're going to look at your team and you're going to say okay if we have to renew Salah and we have to renew Allison and we have to renew Fabinho and we have to renew Mane possibly um, and we have to let one of the uh, one of our, our current spine go then who who's who's the most likely one to go? Because who's the one that's going to? If you think of it, who are your? I hate using the American term, but who's your clutch players? Let's go back to the end of the season when we had to win our last game. It was Mane who comes up with the big goals. Hmm. Salah has come up with the goals all through the season. We know the impact that Allison came up with possibly the biggest goal, and normally wouldn't be saying that about your goalkeeper, but he comes up with the biggest goal of the season. Fabinho's importance between being able to play as an emergency centre back and, a, and 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 he locks he's possibly the best defensive midfielder in, in Europe at the moment. Like if you have to let one of your spine go, and when Yaldum is the guy that's out of contract at the end of the season, isn't that the one that you say okay because you've got Henderson locked down and you know that he can play a similar role? You've signed Thiago to change the shape of our midfield and change the dynamic and how we play in midfield. And in reality, your 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 signings, your younger players are meant to add to that midfield. And it's really we want to focus. Like if uh, Steve, I will ask you this question: If we were to sign yeah. players tomorrow, who who where do you want to sign? And this is I say when Yaldum was staying, where would you want well, to sign his players? I'll tip into Dicko's comment and yours. I suppose in in terms of Ray's comment to to, to mirror Emery Chan's importance to our team when we were a team struggling to to make Champions League and mirror that to Dino Ronaldo, who's a Champions League winner, a league title winner, and an ever-present. Um, Emery Chan suffered with injuries as well, and in no way had the impact in our midfield that Gino Ronaldo has had over the last two, three years. Also, the comments, I'm, I'm not picking at your A, but I'm saying in terms of just going back to what you said, you know, re- recency bias. The same recency bias applies to Xabi Alonso. He had two good seasons at the club. Everybody sees him as a superstar that was picked from under us by Real Madrid when they wanted him. Um, you know, we, we forget two seasons is a fucking a lifetime in football, you know. Um, and to look at, it's not just about looking at who are interested. In. I understand, you know, there's an element. Good lad, Andy. Um, but what I'm saying is to, to, to let Gino Wijnaldum go, he's only 30. He's he's a model professional. He's the, in my opinion, and I could be proved wrong. He's a Milner type. I can see him playing till he's 35, 36. So I think we'd have got the legs out of him, especially if we weren't expecting 35, 38 games a season in the Premier League out of him next season. Either that Oxley Chamberlain go, Phil. You're, to, to get onto your question, Oxley Chamberlain, who is a tremendous player when fully fit, and that's when because it happens so rarely. So I'd have seen Curtis Jones come in. There's nothing that Oxley Chamberlain can do that Curtis Jones can't do. Mm-hmm. So, so in my opinion, shift Oxley Chamberlain to West Ham if they've lost Lingard and they want to bring somebody else. Shift him to West Ham for 20, 25 million. Make our money back or most of it back in terms of what we paid for him. Say, listen, it just didn't work out. Sorry about that. Keep Genie around. Add one more midfielder to, to, to the team if that's what you want to do. And shift, if you, if you want to shift Naby as well, fair enough. But 
talking about him, Genie wanting a massive pay increase, it's completely justified because he came in as a player from Newcastle who was an attacking midfielder. We didn't know what he was going to be. I don't know what he was on, but I can only assume he was on 80 or 90 grand, something like that. He's 100, and people are talking about him. Oh, he's doubled his wages. Yes, you fucking right he has. Why wouldn't he? You know, because they haven't had to pay a fee for him. And he's a 150 grand a week player all day long if we went to get him somewhere else. If somebody turned around to us and said, oh, you can get Genie Wijnaldum for 30 million, we'd all be jizzing pants as Liverpool fans having looked at him play that way for City or play that way for Bayern or whoever else for the last three seasons. We'd be slapping our hands at 30 million and paying him 150 grand a week and we'd be saying, what a fucking player to get in our squad. Mm. And we've let him walk out for free. And that's, that. football happens, things happen in the background. We'll never know what it was. Even if Genie gives his story, we'll never know what the club's rationale was because they don't talk about that. You know, it is, it's done now. I'm just disappointed. I'm not castigating the club. I don't, I don't care enough about one individual player, regardless of who that player is, um, to castigate the club for anything. Um, it's just football. It's just a game. It's, it's meant to be enjoyable. So don't get yourself too worked up. But, you know, from, it is disappointing to see him go for free when we're now going to probably, you know, have to go out and replace him. I think, uh, just to come back, I think probably the points at which he would have, uh, the logical point and once you go past point, it means he's probably gonna he's probably gonna cash in on a on a free transfer. It's probably that that season after we've won the European Cup. But you know, it, who knows what what sort of figures were being discussed at that point? I mean, yeah. the other thing you raise about is you know you know his stock would have been high at that at that stage. So you know they, they probably they probably would have been looking at paying fairly top whack in terms of wages, and, and obviously they shied away from that. I would have thought. The, the the other point there's there's actually there's a good few people um, you know there's a, there's a good few out there who think that in terms of his durability and you know his his legs you know he's 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 starting to run and streak a little bit and actually um, had we have held on to him for another two or three years he would have kind of fallen off a Firmino type of cliff over the next season or two and. I'm not necessarily um, an advocate of that, but there's plenty of people who have that have that view, and, um, and and I get that, Ray. But but he shouldn't have had to play the amount of games he played this season, as an example. You know, yeah. Fabinho and Henderson being pulled out of the midfield, Naby and Ox being injured for so much of the season, yeah. and there was no let up for. Him, you know, no. so of course he's going to show fatigue. But he's a player that, if we're playing 55 games a season, should be playing 30, 35 mm. of them. And he will look fresh as a daisy for the next two or three years, barring a major injury. In my opinion, he'll look fresh as a daisy if you're playing him 60% of the games. You know what I mean? If you're playing him 95% of the games, then of course after three years of that, he's going to look fatigued. But nothing that a reduction in game time next year wouldn't have wouldn't have seen him looking sharp in the games. He, and, and people don't talk enough about his his technicality as a footballer. You know what I mean? Like he's he's superb on the ball. His ability to work in tight spaces, his strength, his energy, all of those things are really, really hard to replace. And we have to go out now and find a player or hope that one of our players steps into that mold when he was already there. And mm. that's, that's the disappointing bit, you know? I think the thing about Genie Wijnaldum was his effectiveness was probably best 
viewed when you were actually at the game and when you were in the stadium. Yeah. You'd yeah. see what he, you would yeah. see what he would do. He <clears throat> didn't get the, the plaudits because, in general, from watching it from your sofa and whatnot, your armchair, you didn't you didn't actually get what he was doing for the team on a consistent basis. <laughs> and the other barometer of it for me, very rarely, I can't I can't think of. Any occasion where I, I can remember fans getting at, when at a game, fans getting on Genie's back, and that says a lot for me. You know, people people be very quick to jump on people's backs uh, if they're having a if they're having a bad game or if they're having a bad period. Very very rarely would you would you hear fans around you getting on Genie Wijnaldum's back. Yeah, game. Oh, he's always always busy, always gave it everything for the short. And look, at that's but it's just, a minimum it's a minimum requirement, but it's it's something that a lot of players fall short of. And he came into Liverpool, and the example he set from the beginning to the end now uh, was second to none. Always always gave everything for the for the short and. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that. Um, he, got, he goes down in a legend status for me. You know? Andy, is, is Andy, and I want to, I, sorry, Steve, I just want to ask Andy this question because, and I think it's a valid one. Is he not the perfect example of a modern day footballer where you get five years of his full contract, absolute balls in in terms of what he's delivered for the club, and then moves on somewhere else? Because if you think the, mm. the impact he has on your accounts and everything like that is is all positive. So even when he moves on, we'll make a profit on that because we we amortise his contract. We oh, pay stop. Them. stop. No, Steve. Steve, if if you if you want to get into it, but this isn't accountancy. Come on, you know I'm what I mean. Sorry, like, I, I don't I don't really I don't really understand that point. Like if if they had if they had have um, extended his contract. Uh, a couple of years ago with a view to sell now and got 20, 30 million, then I, I would have said, yeah, that was that was clever, you know. But but it's you know, not whoa. but do you not think do you not think it's 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 the best you're gonna get out is, is is a player for five years at your club? In 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 the modern game, there's not there's yeah, very but, few players that are gonna spend but, ten years at a club the difference, isn't it? We didn't well, have uh, yeah. five years out of them. We could have tied him down to another deal and got rid of him in a year's time. If he was, if his legs were going or whatever else, we could have tied him down to another deal, given him the money he wanted and shifted him for 20 or 25 or 40 million. But Steve, we, we've done this and you know you've been doing this for the last couple of years and we've gotten out of doing this. A bit. We've been able to offload players for good money. So it's not like we're, we're constantly making this where we're not offloading players for good money. This is one of the few occasions and the fact that we mentioned Emery Chan because it's probably the last time that this type of thing has happened to us. Normally, we have contracts signed up. Normally, we have these things signed up. And if the club has decided to go this way, and I'm going to be straight here, the club has rarely got anything wrong in the transfer market outside of Keita and Chamberlain yeah. over just, the last... Just on something Danny Emery said, you don't get $30 million for a 30-year-old. We paid 29, 20 million for a 29. We paid $20 million so for he's, a he's right then. Yeah, but no, we paid Thiago... <laughs> Yeah, in the last year of his contract, uh, 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 Tiago with three years or four years left in his contract was not a twenty million pound player, and that's that's the fact of it. This summer, Tiago would have been free, mm. and that's why Bayern were happy to take twenty million for him last summer. And that's my point. If the club weren't going to get a deal over the line, they should have sold mm. Genie the year before and got a fee for him. You know, mm. and it's just I get where you're coming from. Five years at a club is superb going and all of those things. I get all of that. 
I'm the, just it was it was disappointing, but the club have their reasons. I, I, I get you, and and the, the bit that's that's annoyed me out of this whole thing is that when you them bit about that the the truth will come out. In, in reality, I wish him on his way, and if the club decided not to renew him. I, I wish him all the best wherever he is once we don't meet him in, in a Champions League final, let's say, because he's gone to PSG. He's not gone to another club in the league. Um, I just hate seeing that sort of, well, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't give a shit about your truth, mate. Mm. Like, and I'm going to be straight about you. I don't care about, because it just looks bitter and it looks like sour grapes that your contract, you didn't get the 150 or 200 grand that you wanted out of the club. Because it looks like that you're, Real move, if, if, if we want to get into that, the real move, he wanted to go to Barca, that hasn't planned out and he's ended up at PSG. And don't get me wrong, it looks like he's going to get monster wages at PSG and fair play to him. But like... Listen, if he wanted to move on and wanted a new challenge, that's totally fair. Yeah. Five years, I've, you know, no no player has to stay beyond their contract. That's all cool. If it, if it was the player's decision, but all through the year, he kept on saying, I'm leaving it with the club, it's in their hands. So it sounded, the sound bites were that, he wanted to stick around, and he would. He'd put it to the club what he wanted, and they weren't willing to match that. As 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 someone just said, there he's gone. Move on. You know, I do get that. We don't want to. We spend a lot of time on a more important topic before this. Um, and and yeah, you know, if you want to move on to the next one, that's, that's so, I, I just just flip this because I have think we, how not, many topics have we got left? It's like twelve. Seven. 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 So, but but I actually want to ask because it's 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 the flip of this topic because it, it's an interesting one, right? Because very rarely free transfers work out very well. So from a Liverpool perspective, who in your head is the best free transfer we've ever made? Because this oh. is the other side. We're always worried about these free transfers going out the door, right? Yeah. Chan, Chan has done very little since he left Liverpool. He's, he achieved more at Liverpool than he has, say, anywhere else that he's, he's gone to. Couldn't get a look at Juve, gone to Borussia Dortmund, and he haven't done much since he went there. So... My point is free transfers in, in real terms. Who's the best we've made? And and I think, Andy, I know where you're going to go, but I, I want to see if we have any <laughs> weird ones that we're going to throw in. James Milner's the obvious James one. Milner, I mean. just for, yeah, just for professionalism, what he brought, how he brought on that squad. Like He had a massive impact along with Hendo in terms of the professionalism and the, the standards. The man, yeah. You hear all those players around him saying, He's ten years older than them, and he still fucking outruns them. He still, you know, so that that's that's infectious in a squad. And I think for that reason, as much as his impact in the first two or three years, but just his ability to be part of that team and create that older head around the dressing room and whatever else, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone who, someone you know, was important at that time. He brought someone in who'd won the league, and and we were chasing the holy grail, and you know that that. That really was, uh, I think, a big ingredient. I mean, as Steve-O says, his professionalism, the way he handles himself, the fact that he is clearly, you know, going to make it way, you know, way into his sort of into his late 30s and still be playing at a decent level. Uh, and that's testament to how he's looked after himself. And, um, you know, he must be someone the younger players look up to now. I mean, you've seen him, didn't you, when he when he stuck around to watch the the effectively the under twenty threes playing in the cup game. You know, it's that type of And he's uh, roaring at them from the sideline. He's coaching yeah. them basically on the, in the in the ground, you know. It's yeah. yeah. 
and I can only imagine what sort of influence he's having now that obviously the amalgamation of the training facility in Kirby and I've no doubt that they'll be utilising them over the next few years to, 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 to help in the development of those young players and drill it into them and then he's a role model essentially um, I, I think you know they're the, they're the sort of the, the the intangibles that we we won't see on a date you know we we, we won't yeah. see it but on a day to day basis is making a massive impact inside the club and and hopefully uh, hopefully he will have some sort of coaching role at the club you know uh, when he when he decides it's time I, I really hope he doesn't sort of slide off into the championship or something like that and he just decides to go out at the kind of you know or, or at the sort of top level and go into a into a into a coaching role with us because I think even even then he can continue to make an impact I mean I was looking and I knew this with this being being the topic that was aligned to me on the uh, on the on <laughs> <laughs> on the the tweet earlier when I found out what was going on, um, I mean, you, you, so basically, <laughs> Phil decided the topic and just gave it to you. Is that how it works, Ray? Yeah, no, I don't know. But anyway, um, the one the the, the one that um, the one that stuck out to me because it was so like kind of random. Even feels more random when you look at it now, and you you think about <laughs> what Sam Allardyce has become down the years as well. But JJ Acotta going to Bolton on a free back when it when it happened was just like, it's just madness when you think about it. I mean, the yeah. impact that fella had, the excitement that he brought, um, you know, he was, you know, he was a big profile signing and, you know, going to Bolton on a free transfer. Now I'm sure there was, may, might've been a bit of uh, other type of money exchanging behind <laughs> the scenes. Um, but yeah, I mean, JJ Akotcha, I mean, Michael Balak was another one. You know, for, yeah, for Chelsea. was huge, wasn't he? Like at the yeah, time, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, and, the, uh, the, the two that stand out for me is Lewandowski from Borussia Dortmund to Bayern Munich, considering he's gone on to win a treble and uh, whatever he does. And but lads, Pirlo from AC Milan to Juventus, yeah. that he like, wasn't he didn't have to hear this is a genie one, Alden one, isn't it? He got he got told he didn't have the legs for Milan yeah. anymore and went to run the fucking show in Juve for another what five seasons. And Italy, and Italy yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like um, the, the the Pirlo one always jumps out at me, going, "That would be like you know, it's saying to Pogba." Now nah, we've had enough of you now, and Klopp going, "Jesus, I would have loved him for ages." I'll just, I'll just take him and just stick him in the midfield and let us let him run away. Pogba isn't like. half the player what Pirlo was for for AC Milan, if you think about it. Like no. it, Pirlo was, I, I'm trying to think of who it's like. You know what I mean? It's, he was just exceptional for AC Milan, and for them to just go, now nah, off you go. Thanks very much, Andreas, but we've had enough. The lads right. put in a great shout, Figo. Where was he? What? Figo. But I Where thought Figo, Figo, Figo was bought, wasn't he, from Barcelona to, to Real Madrid? Yeah, he was 35 million quid. He was world record or close to world record signing at the time. Because right? didn't, didn't Real Madrid make uh, have to pay his bio clause? It was one of the first bio clauses that happened. Yeah, there, there was a claim around him being able yeah. to leave free transfer, but he wasn't able to. He, it, it cost... Uh, it cost a lot of money from my from my memory. The, to be fair, McAllister, if we're talking about Liverpool, McAllister and, and Marcus Babel are two great shouts. Mar- had Marcus Babel not been struck down by the, by the illness he got, he'd be referred to as a club legend. He was a phenomenal player for us. Yeah. And, and Gary McAllister, yet again, he's still kind of seen because of 2002, you know, two, 0-1-0-2. He's seen as that sort of, um, he is seen as a legend. But if we'd got him two or three years earlier, 
you know, we really could have, he's the sort of player that could have had a difference on whether you win a league or not. Yeah, I, I think Gary Mackey, like he was, he was amazing. And the, the, the Everton goal, um, kind of was the tip for him but he was up to that he was kind of a bit of a cult hero most of his other impacts were kind of penalties and stuff like that but Milner has been involved in so much and he's he's been involved on and off the pitch of bringing young players on as well and we've seen him in warm-ups we've seen him taking the captain's armband like he's been a real integral part of everything that's that's happened under Klopp and I don't think I'm um, exaggerating here if Klopp could reincarnate a player and bring him through from the very beginning uh, to spend his whole career at Liverpool would be it'd be another James Milner. Mbappe. Oh yeah, sorry. I think I think people forget probably the impact that Gary Mack had on a young Steven Gerrard. You know, yeah. and you're talking about Milner there in terms of how he brings on the players around him and the impact he the impact he has, etc. But I think Gerard obviously would have seen an awful lot around the professionalism, around the ability, how to handle yourself on a pitch. All those sort of things have an impact. I, I just think it's mad that like we talk about this, and as much as people won't get it, but Matip was an incredible free signing. Since he signed to the club, we've gone to two Champions League finals, won a Champions League, and won a league. And the year that he's got, he's missed most of his games. We struggled to get over the line to get into into the okay. Champions League. But honestly, he's he's, he's a smashing player. And Adrian, what a fella! Turns up first game in, he wins the he wins the Super Cup. Next couple of games in, he he, he gets us to win a league, and then after that, he wins a World Club Championship. Like right there, they big, doesn't doesn't need them, doesn't need them. He inspires the team to score more goals. The one thing about Adrian is when he's in goal, he inspires you to score more goal, more goals. He has no to. fucking choice. <laughs> <laughs> but true, Matip lads, Matip, if 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 Matip. If you took away the recency bias of the last season that went on and possibly half the previous season where we win the league, right? Matip is one of the best performing players we've signed on a free transfer because his level, his actual level when he gets on a football pitch is literally top, top, top yeah. in terms of where he goes. If he wasn't to, right? made a ticket tease, he'd be an yeah. absolutely smashing player. But he oh, is. He's, he's phenomenal. And he, he has gets, been... He gets damp and he just crumbles. Yeah, no. and I love this comment. Matip has quality in the five games he plays per season, <laughs> which is great. But I guarantee, if I mention another name, the person will say we'll be bashing out some stats to prove that he's the best player per minutes on a pitch. When actually Matip is, um, anyway. But the the, the, the <laughs> my my thing is, I, I genuinely, I just think from our point of view. It's very hard to argue around Milner because, again, similar to the Matip thing. Look at Milner. Milner comes into the team, and since Milner's arrived, we just keep qualifying for the Champions League. We went nearly 10 years not qualifying for the Champions League. Milner arrives, and the mentality in the squad starts to change as soon as he arrives. Not under Rodgers, but as soon as Klopp comes in. Klopp mm-hmm. identifies him as a leader of men. Yeah. right? And Whether people like it or not, if Klopp is saying you that this fella is an example and a leader of men, that just shows you what he rates that player as. And if you don't believe what Klopp says, then you are saying that Klopp's a gimp, right? And that's mm-hmm. the basic that's a basic point here. You can you can dress it up and trying to make fancy numbers and stats and the whole up. You're saying that Klopp hasn't the breeze what he's doing and actually Jordan I'm smart than four you. Four years ago when everybody yeah. wanted to know the yeah. team and 
you know, he basically typifies absolutely everything. That even now, Steve, even now, yeah. Henderson, so, Henderson isn't even close so to the spot. My worms after an hour and 15 minutes yeah. online. So let's not go Look, there. Milner, Milner is the, is the type of player that inspires others. You know what I mean? You, you've, there's, you look at him warming up, especially if you're at the game, he's constantly talking to the other players. Like, you know that he's he's a good influence around the ground. He, he loves his football. He takes it very seriously. Never fucking got involved in drinking. And, you know, he's always been just that absolute pro, you know. Um, and look, for me, he's he's the absolute, you know, the, the best free, free transfer we've ever had, 100%. Yeah, I agree. What was the? Oh yeah, so that was Razor. Razor, the scene of funny comment. Go on. Right, um, go on Ray. Oh well, Jason Leonard, self-professed uh, leader of men. That made me. <laughs> <laughs> That's, there we go. Um, I think the last topic was mine, and I wanted to lead on to this. And I sort of leads us on from this because I got I I I opened up the phone the other day and uh, I put it on, and I seen somebody giving out. Sorry, no, was, were they giving out or were they... You opened up the phone. Do you have one of those flip phones? Yeah, yeah, I have one of those Samsung flip phones that has like multiple screens and everything. It turns yeah. into a joint a joint computer. It turns yeah. into when, when, yeah. when you do it. But it I, a hot I, point yeah, yeah, a hot point phone. Um, <laughs> but they open it up and you're there looking at it and they're going, is this real? Is, is this stuff real? Because... Their argument was that we should have given we should have given Mignaldum a, a, a new contract because he played so many minutes on the pitch. The same people have been arguing for the best part of two years that Naby Keita is the best player we have in the squad. If you just get if you just realize um, that you, minutes don't matter on the pitch, so you just I, I'm, I started going thinking about this and thinking about the impact that these people have on people's lives. Um, and even looking through comments, looking at the, the subconscious impact that people have on these people's lives. And it, in reality, it's like <laughs> we feed into it is that this is the loudest voice stuff. This is like basically who can come up with the craziest shout that has some sort of fingerprints in reality that people can buy into and jump on top of. And it goes back to all the stuff we talked about earlier on. It's all about what part of reality do you want to believe? And Andy, we've had these conversations about reality before, right? And it's like, yeah. like it's, it's, it's so impossible for people to say, and I've, I've seen comments in here about that. We're all super lefties now because of what we said. And it's like, how is that? I don't even, I, I, I threw a comment up earlier. I, I was hoping someone else would jump on. I don't even know what that means. You know what I mean? Like I, we're, I, talking I, about, I, we're talking about equality, weren't we? Not yeah. leftism or fucking. Oh, but like I, I, I'm honest. I'm honest about this. I will, I will go on because I know what people are like. Because I know what people who consume social media are like. There was a time going back ten years. I, I actually bought into this and and, and thought this is great and, and and the whole lot, right? And this is this is isn't it great that people communicate? And then I realised in about within about two years that now, no, no, the people that are on here. Just you have these people who read it and consume it and think it's it's important, and then you have these people who throw anything in there and try to be the loudest people possible and get the people who are reading over here to then go and follow them and, and become part of their little cult. Right. So, yeah. I, and I look at this and it's all about the loudest voice. It's, it's literally who can say the maddest stuff ever to get the most likes and follows. And then you bury yourself into a, 
a group, a cult, a clique, a group, and you can't come back over. It's so hard in social media these days to actually have a grey view and be able to say, do you know what, like, like Steve or what you did earlier on, <laughs> to say, do you know what, I, did, I said something a while back and I was wrong. And I'm just talking about in general. It's like I, I had this opinion about a player. And do you know what? I was wrong. I've, I've, I, I, when Milner signed for us at first, I used to call him uh, antelope hoofs. And he ran around with tins of beans on his feet. And Paul Brennan, when he was still alive, God rest his soul, and he had them on and, and he made up pictures of, of Milner running around with, with Heinz beans on his feet and everything like that. And do you know what? <laughs> Milner's a brilliant player for us. Yeah. And once I'm he learned... To be fair to Steve, to be fair to Steve, oh, he's very rarely wrong. I mean, I, I remember, um, you know, Steve was very much of the of the Maratta, um, uh, <laughs> and and I have to say, I I I don't know if anyone watched the Spain Portugal international the other day when Maratta ran clean through on goal and absolutely walloped it onto the crossbar. <laughs> It was I may have got that one wrong. I may have got that one wrong. I don't even remember who was it that I was putting Maratha against. Against Bobby Firmino. Firmino yeah. was it? I was fucking yeah, right. Firmino. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, he's he's still par. better than Firmino. Par. Anyway, um, yeah, I think I think one of the big problems is that people struggle to say I don't know. Yeah, you have to have an opinion one way or the other, and I definitely was in that camp for a long, long time, and I probably still am in in certain ways. But the ability to just say I don't know, I don't know, or I haven't thought about it enough, or I haven't looked into that enough. That I, I haven't, know. I haven't watched that league. I haven't watched that player. Yeah, no I idea don't, who you're talking I about. Don't I don't like, know. I, like like, I haven't got a fucking clue. I haven't got a clue. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, and to be able to say that is difficult for a lot of people because we're in a culture where. The first, the first person. It's not even the loudest voice. Sometimes, sometimes it's just the first person out with the information, mm. the one that matters most. And therefore, you have to have an opinion on. You know, it could come out. We're going to sign fucking Jingjiang Joey from fucking wherever tomorrow, and someone will say they've seen him and he's great, and it's this, that, and the other. Or we're going to sign fucking Joey Smith off fucking Cork City or whoever. Someone will have an opinion on what they're like as a person. He's a good player, Joe Smith, of course. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. You watched them lot up in past. <laughs> Cork Rovers. You and Brian Kerr, arm and arm. But I don't know. What are, what are you trying to say, Phil? I'm, I'm, I'm still lost on this topic. All I know is Phil's, Phil's getting lower and lower in the screen every day. <laughs> Just the lights going deep, out here. Deeper and deeper <laughs> into that fridge. <laughs> Eventually he's got to be in the freezer. No, it's what, 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 Andy, what I'm saying to you is essentially with the loudest voice at the moment, even when it comes to the album stuff, they were trying to prove that we should have given him a contract because he played more minutes. The same people who are saying this were the ones four months ago were saying we have to get rid of him in the album because even though I he plays the all the minutes, people, though. I don't they are. Like, yeah, I, I, I could name them, but I'm not because I don't want to give them airtime. And I, yeah. I honestly don't because it's 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 like when you see people retweeting stuff or liking stuff on Facebook or, or whatever they do on Instagram when they I, they press the heart yeah. button or they press the, the something button, whatever it is, right? Look, I'm getting into my 40s, so I'm allowed to be fucking agnostic as to what you press on shit at this stage. I just want... Like, yeah. 
well into it. Like, but my point, Andy, is that like getting into my forties. I was at your forty in about five years ago. I'm gonna trigger the comments now because I got yeah. vaccinated today. Wait, you see what happens when I say yeah. that, right? Yeah. They're gonna say that I'm, I'm, I've got, I'm, but I will say since I got vaccinated, my five G <laughs> signal is amazing, right? So it's just <laughs> the, the best you could have. I remember, I remember uh, Phil's father did very well. It was organised on Bebo. <laughs> 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 and they left comments on MySpace. Uh, he sent his invites invite out in the post. Yeah, I had to print them off and put them in envelopes. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, this is what I'm saying, Andy. At the moment, because because the um, the loudest voices that are out there, they run out with things to say. So, they, they, so their, their model army at the moment was Kaiser for a long time, and, and and obviously we've seen what's happened there. I'm going to top off for a second. I'll be back. Go do a wee wee. Um, and I'll just do this. Yeah, it's that simple. Um, but yeah, he's on the Joe Walsh. My my point, <laughs> my point to you, Andy, was that. In, when we get onto this loudest voice idea, is that these people, even themselves, as much as they want to be as serious and be factual and be statistically on point about what they want to say and what they want to believe, it's actually all bollocks because they would use anything to, they won't come out and say the words they want to say. I know better than Klopp. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's what they really want to say. I know better than Klopp because I've done this and mm. I pretend to watch this league and I pretend to do this. Okay. Well, genuinely. Yeah. And this is where we are. And the louder I speak and say things that are vaguely around factual basis, the more people that can buy into this idea that I'm, I'm projecting at this stage. And that's what I'm trying to get to on this particular. And the Wijnaldum thing was a perfect example of it because they've slagged them off for four years. And as soon as he decides he's, he's off, he's actually the best midfielder. We should <clears> stick with him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You, you, um, I think, Without uh, being given a spoiler here, have anyone watched Dark? Have you watched Dark on, on Netflix? Netflix? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have. <laughs> Dick, have you watched Dark? Which one is this? I was hang on. Is this the is this the dubbed one? Is it? Yeah, yeah. German. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, yeah. Sorry, um, it, it it's like Twitter is dark to me. Um, sometimes you go onto Twitter and it's not the same reality as where I'm living anyway, you know, and like I try and be open enough. I, I don't block accounts really. I, I kind of delve into those rabbit holes, whether it's FSG out or, or you name it. I want to learn and I want to see what, what's going on. But the reality uh, that other people are living on Twitter is so far removed from what, I, what, um, what I am anyway. So I, I think there's people logged in to Twitter from, the other dark worlds. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I think that uh, we are, you know, in one dark uh, universe and somebody else is in another dark. And like, all of this shit makes sense to them because they, they really do argue these points well, like that they're, like they're throwing up stats, they're, they're fucking, um, and like you're going, Jesus, they they really believe in this. They're not taking a piss here at all. Like they, this is this is the reality they're living. And and Twitter for a lot of football fans is where you're kind of getting your 
your information. It's where you're getting your media. It's where you're getting your opinions. It's, it's where where you're forming uh, opinions. And when you when you talk about social media, it really is Twitter, Phil, isn't it? It's not like we don't really do football to chat on Facebook or Instagram or. Oh Snapchat man, if, or uh, honestly, if you're, if you're talking about general life, if you're not just talking about football, yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of a place cesspit. Oh my god, Facebook and, and Instagram is just narcissism. Like it's 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 just everybody showing only pictures of the perfect shot of everything in their life, rather than you know. So it's every every element of social media has its own fucking pit of despair that you yeah. fall into you know what i mean yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm saying that as someone who actively removed himself from all of them you know what i mean and i i look at i look at it today yeah. and i've got kids and i, I look at like tiktok right and I, I, i'm into the stage of my life where and it's great because like 10 years ago i would have been all over every social media and thinking it's amazing and look at all this it's amazing and now i'm at the stage where i would have looked at my dad about 25 30 years ago before social media existed and he's looking at me talking about what was that team call or, or team call that used to have on 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 teddy text club and call like, club call and he'd be like what the fuck do you even care about who's signed when they're signed to be in the newspaper that's all yeah. you need to see right that's yeah. all that matters to you yeah. and now it's like i'm saying oh yeah we're signing such and such what who and like and now I'm at the stage of my life and, I, and it's even it's gone beyond that. They don't even care about news. They only care about doing hand signals that mean nothing at stuff and then doing. And it's just bizarre. It's like I'm sitting there oh. and it's, it's like my kids have same fighters as dance and they're there going, "What are you doing?" And it's like, okay, that was in the nineties. That was great. Like, do you know what I mean? But there was a whole other reason. I'm never going to tell you about. But there was that was there was a reason for it. I wasn't standing in front of the phone going. <laughs> now what we have is three people wondering what Phil is talking. About. <laughs> <laughs> three, three people wondering. I'm. I would love to know what Phil's talking about. <laughs> oh my god! A fucking clown. Steve. One thing I'd be intrigued about is how these people. Would, would actually make these arguments stand up if they were sat in one of the pubs outside Anfield with, with your average oh. Matt fan. This is like, what I'm saying. They'd be, but they, they, within, they'd be shot down within five minutes. This is my point. Right. Stand up. This is my point. They're, they're, they're going to a different Anfield. To us. <laughs> if you've watched Dark, they're going to a different Anfield. <laughs> and they think we're the mad bastards. Like they're saying in their head, Imagine him going into the park or into the the Arkans <laughs> and raising this point. They're be fucking shot down. They're lunatics, and they're they're in there like um. There's Kate the banners everywhere or whatever. Like, it's 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 a totally different. Yeah, Mavia was here. Yeah, it's a parallel universe. Absolute like, and everybody's in a pub on Henderson's a joke and Milner's fucking this and blah blah blah. Like, clubs are fraud. Yeah, I like. Look, I think the I actually do think these uh, these other dark universe uh, Twitter accounts <laughs> like do believe in just what the they're saying. Web, Andy, is it? Well, I'm just calling it the dark universe, but like they <laughs> they do they the dark do universe. Yeah, they, they're convinced. <laughs> they're convinced. Like, um, you know, they're they're crawling, and one day they they might. <laughs> They would crawl into the the 
when we're the in, and, and then they they're in the arcles of our, the world we're experiencing, and then they realise that Henderson's actually a good player. Nabi K that doesn't play football for us and <laughs> and and all that shit like I don't know. And then right, it's 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 just it's just it's just a theory. Don't hang your hat on it. Like it's, it's <laughs> but watch watch the fucking series on uh, on dark and and make you know see see what you think because I think that's what could be going on uh, because people do seem very convinced about their opinions. <laughs> I can't wait until dark meets Liverpool TikTok. Like that's it's the next. Well, that it's because you can never back down on Twitter. That's that's yeah. what yeah. you can never back down on Twitter. And because there's always somebody, if you change your opinion, there's always somebody to pull up a screenshot of what you said two and a half years ago and say you're yeah. talking bollocks. Because in Twitter, you're not allowed to change your opinion. You're not allowed no. to change yourself. You're not allowed to have a difference of opinion to even one you had yourself. Never mind with somebody else. Two years ago, you know what I mean, and that's yes. the reality. I will put this this comment up. Let's say it is a bank holiday Monday in Ireland. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> every time I got to put this one up, there we go. The Bernstein Bears live in the parallel universe on the other side of Phil's fridge. This is the, the whole dark universe <laughs> yeah. we're talking about. It's, it is. Nar- Narnia, that's your fridge, Narnia. Narnia, I can go in. Yeah. I'm going into my fridge for sleep after yeah. this, so it's, it's, they yeah. roll me back out on Monday. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right, I, I think that's been a great conversation. I want to thank everyone uh, in the comments. Um, yeah, we don't Jason Leonard said first comment read out in seven months well he's had two in one show so there you go ah uh, listen mm. you know it's like a bus you wait for one to come along and then three come along so if you had a third comment then we would have thrown that up towards the end um, but he didn't because he's he's, he's 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 basically exhausted he's said he's lost as well he's gonna he's gone off the Twitter now to, to put that up and just and his dark universe and he's, he's 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 loving it as it goes listen this has been the podcast this has been the forum tonight um, before we go I want to mention Sienna Steps um, I hope you've been with us all tonight but like the the, the appeal goes on um, we have all the merchandise on the website. We have the event break going on for doing a 5K in terms of what's there. Um, please, if you can, um, do the event break. Do it's like it's whatever it is to do. It get your kids out, make them run it, get your granny out, get them out in a wheelchair, get them out whatever you have. You have to push the bed around the green. I don't care, just do it. Um, it's such a, such a good cause, and that's the the most important thing I can say to you. It's, it, it doesn't matter about anything else we've talked about tonight. It's this is a child who has an opportunity to get a better life for herself and please help support this cause that's out there. And um, there'll be loads of shows on Jordan Week. We will keep going, even though we're into the quiet season at this stage. Um I want to thank, of course, Ray Dickinson, our resident scouser down below. See, oh, Ray was over this side here a few minutes ago. Well, Steve, I went off. I didn't even go to the jacks. I just went to get my charger because the fucking pod went on that long that I just came in with my laptop and no charger and the Mac the Mac ran out of battery. <clears throat> yeah. so, there's nothing worse when the Mac runs out of battery. But over on this side here, of course, is Andy. But he was actually over this side. See this side here, but then he moved over to this side in the dark universe, but he's going back to this side again. So that's the most important thing that, that, that you can go with. Um, and of course, this has been Ireland on a bank holiday Monday night. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. I want to thank you all for joining in. Um, and thanks for all the comments. We'll see you again next week. Um, and go safe with yourselves along the roads. Good morning, Bo Hala. Go <laughs> On the roads. On the roads. On the roads. On the pathways. Whatever dark. Marketing clown Yeah. Oh, what is it your birthday? Sports Social Podcast Network.